Today, Rinpoche gave a very clear description of the stages necessary in order to realize the mind that aspires to enlightenment. He showed how perseverance is necessary in order to truly realize it. Okay, so once again, we're looking at uh, Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, and specifically the section on training the mind in the stage of the path for beings of great capacity. And when we look at that section, when we look at the specifics on how to develop the spirit of awakening or the mind that aspires to enlightenment, which is bodhicitta, we see that there are, uh, Lama Tsongkhapa points out in the outline that there are two causal lineages of instruction that allow one to develop bodhicitta. And the first is called the seven-point cause and effect for realizing the mind that aspires to enlightenment, and that was passed down by Lord Atisha. Uh, and then the second uh, category is called equalizing and exchanging self with others practice. And this was passed down from uh, Master Shanti Deva. So these are the two uh, lineages of instruction. And uh, once we, uh, we go through uh, the, the various categories uh, under the major heading, training in the seven point uh, cause and effect, we have first the developing certainty about the stages, uh, and then the gradual training, uh, and then it goes into three categories of uh, showing uh, compassion is important uh, in the beginning, the middle, and the end, uh, etc. And then once we, um, uh, after the, uh, that section, um, we get to a, a, a major he heading called the gradual training. Um, so the gradual training has uh, three categories. First, training the mind uh, to be intent on others' welfare, uh, training the mind to be intent on enlightenment, and then identifying the spirit of enlightenment, uh, the fruit of the training. Uh, so that's actually uh, you know, leading up to uh, where uh, Rinpoche really began to focus on the outline, was the gradual training in those three categories. Um, and then uh, the first category, which is training the mind to be intent on others' welfare, uh, we find two categories. First, establishing the basis for developing this attitude, and then the development of the attitude of being intent on others' welfare. And then the first category, which is establishing the basis for developing this attitude, we find two categories. First, which is achieving impartiality uh, for, toward living beings or toward all living beings. And then the, the second category is having affection for uh, all, all beings. Uh, so these are the two categories, uh, and that's just where Rinpoche led up, got to at that, this point in the outline. Okay.
Okay, so we're going to begin today uh, the section on the, again, the cultivation of compassion. And Jayan Sheba states that uh, in that section there are three major headings. Uh, the first major heading is um, uh, the topics for the cultivation of compassion. Uh, the second category is uh, establishing uh, the differences uh, between uh, the mind that Semche, uh, I guess, mind generation uh, and great compassion and um, debates about that. Um, so it's the differences between mind generation and great compassion and debates that arise from that. And then the third category is debates uh, or doubts, you could tra translate it as, are doubts that arise in relation to the mind generation itself. Um, so these are the three major headings. Uh, Rinpoche said today we're going to begin with the third category, uh, which is, um, uh, uh, it's almost like resolving doubts uh, pertaining to the spirit of awakening or the mind that aspires to enlightenment. So that's category th number three is just about doubts or debates um, or just almost like you could translate it to as a discussion about uh, the points. Um, but it's really a, more than a discussion. It's more like a debate about doubts. So um, looking for the best word and it's translated so many different ways that I think you almost have to explain it like this. So. Um, where are we? Rimachi, let me, I know where we are in the Tibetan. Let me find out exactly where we are in the English. Parasanga 
Okay, then Papa Tome the long caviare, the NGK. Okay, so we're on page 46, uh, where it says, furthermore, um, it's about four lines down on page 46. It'll say, furthermore, this statement pertains not to, just to the development. Um, so that's where we're uh, going to begin. Uh, so I apologize, that took me a, a moment. Okay. Awesome. So uh, Rinpoche is saying that uh, this is not um, just referring to um, uh, someone who is on the higher stages of the path. So when we look at the five paths, we have the path of accumulation, the path of preparation, the path of seeing, the path of meditation, and the path of no more learning. So this doesn't just pertain to those on those higher among the five paths. Actual mind generation occurs at the path of accumulation. Um, so it pertains to all of those. Um, so Rimache, as I was looking for it, was just explaining that, what I just state, um, translated. So I wasn't explaining that as a translator. He was say, explaining that as I was looking. So um, he'll probably repeat it, but I'm just letting you know why if it's repeated. Okay. Digsung, the Deyong La. Chabba Tambe Sanji 
first, the way the path of accumulation is qualified is that the practitioner gets bodhicitta. So then he or she is on the path of accumulation. So these statements are referring to them as well, not only those who have transcended that path of accumulation. And as a note, translator's note, there's three stages just in the path of accumulation. Um, uh, but not only those higher pathways, but also that path of accumulation uh, as well. And then a Sangha um, states here in the comp Mahayana Compendium that that Mahayana mind generation, bodhicitta, when it arises, the, that's the uh, beginning of the bodhisattva's three countless eons that he or she has to go through in order to reach the state of complete Buddhahood. Um, so according to Jayan Sheba, this is the first point Lama Tsongkhapa makes here. Uh, and that should be it. Dig song, Ramachay. Do you know the number of things? Nate <laughs> Okay. Um, so when we divide, um, let me look at the long here. When we divide bodhicitta into categories, one way that we can divide it is into category of two. Um, aspirational bodhicitta and engaged bodhicitta. Um, so aspirational uh, bodhicitta is the bodhicitta that um, occurs right when the arisal happens. So when the realization of bodhicitta occurs, that's asp aspirational bodhicitta, um, when, it, when it, it's actually there. Um, so it's a little misleading from an English standpoint because it sounds like one's still aspiring, but it's an actual type of bodhicitta. Um, one already has it, not aspiring to it. It's just called aspiring bodhicitta. Um, engaged bodhicitta is once that bodhisattva um, has generated bodhicitta, and that's when they become a bodhisattva, when they generate bodhicitta. As soon as he or she takes the bodhisattva vow, from that point on, that bodhicitta is necessarily engaged bodhicitta. So, aspirational bodhicitta is bodhicitta that does not have the bodhisattva vow. Engaged bodhicitta is when the bodhisattva vow is there. And it is necessarily engaged bodhicitta from the moment that vow is taken on if the bodhicitta is present. So, it, it's not, it doesn't go back and forth from aspirational to engaged. Once the bodhisattva vow is taken, then it becomes engaged bodhicitta. Um, so that's what the, the difference is. And the reason this is being pointed out is I think in the, you'd have to give me a minute, but I think uh, the, the word for aspirational uh, bodhicitta here where it says the power of wishing um, in the, the quote from Master Asanga, 
is the word for aspirational bodhicitta, which is what is acquired at the moment you reach the path of accumulation. So this is just backing up what Lama Tsongkhapa is stating because it's, it's showing that, that, spirit, that, that this is initiated at that moment and the engaged bodhicitta isn't present yet. It's still only the path of accumulation. It's not a higher path. As a translator's note, where there's insight and, and, concent and concentration, there's no union of calm abiding and insight at that point. It's, it's you know, working towards that, but it's not the higher paths where that's occurred. So Lama Tsongkhapa is saying that it pertains to that initial stage as well, and this is why you find it embedded in this quote from Master Asanga. Okay, so uh, when we divide uh, um, bodhicitta, the mind that aspires to enlightenment, we divide it into those two categories, um, aspirational bodhicitta um, and engaged bodhicitta. And once uh, one has uh, taken the bodhisattva vow, then from that point on, the, that type of bodhicitta is necessarily uh, engaged uh, bodhicitta. And the, the definition of great vehicle mind generation is a consciousness which is the entrance to the great vehicle arisen in association with a wish, parentheses, which is its own aid, that aims at the perfect enlightenment for the sake of others. Um, so that's the definition in the um, Parshin Shittan of, uh, and I think it's actually from one of the uh, Tanger texts, but it's the definition of uh, great vehicle mind generation from Penchen Son Andrapa's general meaning of perfection. Then, Techen Senche Gitsene, Tome Ne, Shamba, Jetsun Shamba. So we find this definition um, in the uh, Abhisama Alamkara, um, where uh, we find the, the, short, um, the short definition. Uh, I remember it's uh, um, the wishing for the spirit of enlightenment for the sake of sentient beings. Um, so we find uh, in the um, Abhisama Alamkara the definition of bodhicitta um, presented there. But then we find in the general meaning of perfection, the uh, longer uh, definition, which again is um, just in, uh, a consciousness, which is the entrance to the great vehicle, arisen in association with a wish that is it, its own aid, that aims at the perfect enlightenment uh, for the sake of others. Um, so that last sentence is really um, what the definition in the Abhisama Alamkara really says is um, a, a, an aim or wish that, to become uh, enlightened for the sake of all sentient beings. 
Um, I'll find it. It's, it's just because I'm under the gun, but, but it's right in here. Um, and that's, that's the um, definition, is it's just this wish or aim uh, to um, become a Buddha for the sake. Um, and, and that's the, cl the clarifying uh, that it says, for the sake. Mind generation, the desire for perfect, complete enlightenment for the benefit others, for the benefit of others, or for the sake of others. Um, so that's the shorter definition in the Abhisamalamkara, and then the longer definition from the general meaning of perfection. We find, um, though, this presented in one of the sutra texts, I know where it is somewhere, that it states that um, just the wish, or the spirit of enlightenment uh, alone will not allow you to achieve the perfect uh, state of unsurpassable, true, complete enlightenment. It's necessary to join that with the perfection of wisdom. So the, the union of method and wisdom is necessary uh, in order to um, achieve complete Buddhahood. Just that the aim at the desire for perfect enlightenment itself is not enough. Uh, one also needs to um, in, engage. Then the Gorim Lung, the the Chu Lapa, the Nam Namchen Lapa Yure, the the Kamala Shila Gangisan the NGK, the Kamala Shila Lung, the Rasung, then the Tanji Jimbi Jinne Tanji Jimbi Jinne Hiji Sawali Shumai Shanchu Juli Shumai Taji Parit Jimbay Nos. So I'm just I'm trying to find once again this quote from the um, uh, uh, from the um, the medium uh, the middle stages of meditation um, by Kamala Shila, um, and and I I feel that it, it it's this Lord of Secret the transcendental wisdom of omniscience has its root in compassion and arises from a cause the altruistic thought the awakening mind of bodhicitta and the perfection of skillful means therefore if you are interested in achieving omniscience you need to practice these three compassion the awakening mind of bodhicitta and skillful means 
so this is the, that's the exact quote. So this is the quote um, from the middle stages of uh, meditation. Okay. Uh, so these are, um, Kamala Shila is pointing out uh, utilizing the, um, the signs and reasoning um, how it's necessary to have these unions in order to completely become enlightened. Uh, so it's, uh, one has to have all of these categories filled, uh, if you will, in order to achieve it. Okay, Digsa. So among the seven, uh, that is the first. Sanjitala Tiba Kebatoma Rimche, the NGK, um, Shimus, uh, 
ਸਾਂਝੇ ਤਾਂ ਤੁਸੀਂ ਕੋ ਥਿਓ ਮੈਂ ਜਰੂਰਤ ਆ ਸਾਂਝੇ ਤੋ ਬਚਾਓ ਕੁਨਸੰਦ ਜਿਤਾਂ ਬਰੇ ਮਾਤੋ ਸਾਂਝੇ ਗੋ ਨਾ ਮੈਂ ਜਰੂਰਤ ਆ ਤੀ ਦੋ ਦਾ ਕੇ ਗਵੰਦੇ ਦਸ਼ਾਉ ਨਾ ਤੋ ਸੰਭਾ ਤਾਂ ਲਾ ਛਿਛਤ ਫਿਨੈਸ ਤੇ ਜੇ ਸਾਲੂਨੇ ਮੈਂ ਬਜੀ ਖੁਦ ਚਿੰਨੇ ਠੁਜੇ ਨਠੁਜੇ ਸੰਤਾਂਦੇ ਰਸ ਚੁਨੇ ਨੇ ਮਾਤੂ ਬਤੂ ਬੁਨਾ ਮਾਤੂ ਬਤੂ ਬੁਨਾ ਬੰਗਾ ਬਿੰਗਾ ਜੇ ਸਾਚੂ ਸੈਂਜੂਲ ਮਾਤੂ ਬਲਾ ਸਾਚੂ ਸੈਂਜੂਲ ਚੇ ਸੋਨਾ ਬਿੰਗਾ ਜੇ ਤੈਂਬਰ ਛੇਤੇ ਸਾਚੂ ਸੈਂ ਦਾਗਾ ਥੀ ਤੋ ਜੋਨੇ ਮਜੋਆਸ ਸਾਚੂ ਸੈਂਗੋਨੇ ਕੋਆ ਬਚਾ ਅੰਤੋਨਾ ਥੀ ਮਜੋ ਬਜੇ ਜੇਸ਼ੀ ਨਚੇਸ਼ੀ ਬੇਬੇ ਸਮਾਬੋ ਸਮਾਬੋ ਜਿਚੇਬਾ ਦੇਬਾ ਕੋਨਾ ਨਾ ਲਾਸਾ ਉਹਦੇ ਤਾਕੋ ਨਟ੍ਰੀਜਨ ਉਹਦੇ ਸਾਚੂ ਸੰਗੋਆ ਉਹਦੇ ਨੇ ਇਹ ਸਮਾਜੀ ਨਦੀ ਮਰਦਾ ਤਾ ਤੇਬਾ ਚੇਂਬੀ ਨੇ ਸ਼ੇਬੇ ਸ਼ੇਬੇ ਤੇ ਨਾਸ ਤੇਬਾ ਚੇਂਬੀ ਨਗਾ ਸ਼ੇਗਾ ਜਿਤੇਬਾ ਇਹਨਾ ਕੈਮੇ ਸ਼ੋਗ ਨੇ ਰੇਸ ਕੈਮਾ ਸ਼ੁਗਰਸ ਓਕੇ ਓਕੇ ਜੈਸੇ ਤਾਂ ਬਨਾ ਜੇ ਕੇ ਬਤਮਾ ਥੋਦਾਂ ਜੇ ਥੀ ਤੋ ਜੋਨ ਜੋਆ ਨੇ ਜੋਨ ਤੋ ਮਾਲੇ ਸਾਚੂ ਸੇ ਕੋ ਅਚਾ ਅਨ ਕੇ ਬਤਮਾ ਥੋਦਾਂ ਥੀ ਤੋ ਜੋਨ ਗਬਾ ਜੋਨ ਮਬਲ ਸੋਵਾ ਜੋਨਾ ਕੋ ਅਚਾ ਲੈ ਮੈਂ ਬਨਾ ਜੇ ਤਾਚੇ ਮੈਂ ਵਿਸ਼ਰੋਸਾ ਉਹ ਤੇ ਬਤ ਨਹੀਂ ਬਤ ਦੇ ਦੋ ਓਕੇ ਸੋ ਨਾਮ among the seven now uh we get to number 2 and uh this deals with um getting rid of any kind of false ideas that one might have uh about realization um so this is what number 2 is um uh and this is uh, just as a note important i think in the united states a lot of people say we're we call ourselves bodhisattvas or sangha and i think that it's important as westerners that we know what these words really mean uh so we stop misusing them um unless we are bodhisattvas and in that case then we should really you know teach the world then at that point because we know the dharma um so he, that was just as an aside uh so suppose that you are not anywhere near these objectives and that you give rise to the mere thought I will attain Buddhahood for the sake of all living beings and in order to do this I will cultivate this virtue. You may make the great error of entertaining the false conceit I have attained it with regard to something you have not attained. If you then hold that the spirit of enlightenment uh is the core personal instruction yet instead of training in it you search for something else and work on that then you are the, then you are only making a claim to have passed through many of the levels of attainment. If those who know the key points of the Mahayana see you are doing this, they will ridicule you. Many books say that the excellent conquerors children train in the spirit of enlightenment for many eons, holding it as their most important practice. So what need is there to mention that it could not be attained by those who have nothing more than a superficial understanding? This is not to say that it is unsuitable to meditate on other paths. but it is to say you must hold the training in the spirit of enlightenment as the core instruction and then sustain it in meditation um so we can't fall into the error of thinking we have attained something prematurely because in order to have attained the mind that aspires to enlightenment 
one must have gone through so many prior stages and have had so many prior realizations um, that he or she would be at an extremely advanced level and, you know, level of realization and level of understanding. So it's uh, not only just they would, they would have had this, you know, magnificent fancy almost, if fancy experience, but they would also clearly identify it and know what that experience means and what the stages that led up to that experience were. It wouldn't just happen out of nowhere. It happens in a very gradual way. And over here it says, the point is, is that these bodhisattvas accumulate um, method and, and wisdom. They get these accumulations for three countless eons. And it's not because they are, aren't smart or they are inferior, so it takes them longer. It's because one has to go through those stages. And if they haven't been gone through, the realization hasn't happened. Um, so that's the point that's being made here. And it's, it, Rinpoche pointed this out. Those who know the key points of the Mahayana see you doing this. They will <coughs> Rinpoche said that uh, when, when you see, he stopped there and said, when you see people doing this and saying, I think I have these realizations, it makes a scholar laugh inside and, and um, because it's, it would take so much for that to be the case. As the translators know, the Dalai Lama said that he knows of one bodhisattva. You know? He talks about the, um, uh, the Geshe who stayed in the jungle. Um, and he doesn't say they're everywhere or that you know, real Westerners study for six months and realize it. He says he knows of one that exists. Um, so just as a note, um, it's something that's a very, very high realization that requires a lot of realizations that lead up to it. Um, so that's the point here. Uh, it says, what, so what need is there to mention that it could not be attained by those who have nothing more than a superficial understanding? Um, so these bodhisattvas, these great beings, spend, they say, most books say that the excellent conqueror's children train in the spirit of enlightenment for many eons. So just for that one practice of bodhicitta, they spend eons on and make it the core practice just to realize it eons to just realize bodhicitta. So it's just trying to show the gravity or the weight of this realization and that it isn't something that just happens quite easily um, and that you expect <coughs> to have happen right away. Um, and as a note, one has to have the realization that every sentient being is your mother six, you know, five steps or six steps before you even get to bodhicitta. So you have to believe that. Everyone you see is your mother. <coughs> has to, you have to believe that, and it has to be incontrovertible. So you have to believe in past lives. So it's just, if you think about what that means to be able to realize bodhicitta, it means that a lot of things have happened already before that. Okay, Digsung. That's <laughs> one Shiroz, Teyan, Lanjian Gundumarun, Sawa Minjiz, and Shanju Jisen, Shanju Jisen, Jun Yu, Gulam, Dambi Tito, Zonen, 
so I read too far, just a little bit. Um, so it should stop where it says, um, mention that could not be attained by those who have nothing more than a superficial understanding. Uh, that's where the point ends. The next point begins here. This is not to say that it is unsuitable to meditate uh, on other paths, but it is to say that you must hold the training in the spirit of enlightenment as the core instruction and then sustain it in meditation. So this is the third point, is that it's not to say that you can't meditate on other things. You should just make sure that the foundation core practice is bodhicitta. Um, so uh, that's uh, sumba. Remise. So number three, Lama Tsongkhapa is really impressing upon the reader that he's not saying that only meditating on bodhicitta is what you should do. He's saying that this should be the foundation core practice and then it's fine to do meditation on the other things, but it should, the other things should never overshadow the meditation practice on the spirit of awakening. It, it should always be the strongest, most important practice that one is doing, the core practice. So then Rinpoche reread it. This is not to say it is unsuitable to meditate on other paths, but it is to say you must hold the training in the spirit of enlightenment as the core instruction and then sustain it in meditation. So sustain it, continue to always meditate upon it. Um, it never ends. After its arisal, you still meditate upon it. It still becomes, because again, translators know meditation, that word just means familiarization. So when the bodhisattva is going about his or her entire day, the whole thought is for others. So the familiarization is constant, if you will. So it just is, it's a familiarization that is unending, that's always going. So that's why we say that the mind that aspires to enlightenment is really uh, the root of the, the path, the, the Mahayana path. It's really the root of that path. So uh, previously, Lama Tsongkhapa said that uh, if uh, one, the Yanjur Sur, the Lung Yanjur Sur, the Lung Kona. Lung Kona, the Lung Kona, the Dunda Yanjur. Shanju Sen Tu Gong Gurus. Shanju Sen Juli Jena, Shanju Sabade, the Chingi, Gongam. Shanju Sen Yansuna, Tony to be Sheraton, Zutri Tungashi Kazu and the Pengamari, Timel Sandres, Taman Rosa. 
So previously we learned that uh, once one has this arisal in his or her continuum of the spirit of awakening, at that moment he or she is called the bodhisattva and is a Mahayana practitioner. But if he or she loses that mind that aspires to enlightenment, it doesn't matter if they've seen emptiness and have all kinds of magical powers, they still become Hinayanas the moment that the, the mind that aspires to enlightenment is lost. Um, so that's why it's said that it is the root, because you become a bodhisattva when you have bodhicitta. If you don't have bodhicitta, if you lose it, you are no longer a Mahayanas. So you have magical powers and, and, and can have seen emptiness as a Hinayanas at that point. So ever enhancing your enlightened motive of bodhicitta is the mainstay for the supreme vehicle's path. Uh, so we find that quote in the Lamrim Dudan. Uh, by Lama Tsongkhapa that's saying ever enhancing your enlightened motive uh, is the mainstay for the supreme vehicle's path. It is the basis and foundation for the great waves of altruistic conduct to bring you to enlightenment. And, and Rinpoche only read the first part of it. It goes on. It's a gold-making elixir. It goes oh, on and on. Uh, so we'll take a short break uh, yeah. and uh, we'll be right back. Yeah. The Semche, the Serzu Dangrar. This, this. All right, everybody. 30 seconds. Why are the Kutu Jibat Angatangun, the Shirin Hashibata Saturday? Everybody, Rimache started just to let you know. So uh, we're now on category number four. Shirin Hashibat Tabus. Shirin Hashibat Tabus. Jiro. Jango is Okay, so I believe that we're, if I'm wrong, just Rimichi wants me to tell everyone where we are. I, I, 46, the last paragraph down is where four should begin, in case, unless I've made some error, but that's where four, I believe, is going to begin. Uh, let me get it here and there. You know. Okay. Okay, Digson. Tomba, two gears on air. 
تیل ہجا سندو کی سانتیں جی کو سانجو جی سین جون یو سانجو جی سین جون یو جون لو نا جی بر سنبھ تابوس وہ جیبا ترند جیبا ہاں شیبا تبھی نوہ مچے جانس ہاں شیبا تبھی تاکہ نوٹری سن دے میں رو آ نوٹری تین کسا تین دادا کی سوتا یونا میں بھی میں بھی انہیں سانچو سانچو سینجا تھانچے جتنا سانچو تھو بچا ہو نہیں بھی انہیں سانچو سینجا سان کو تنے جو گھونے کھولو نوہاں تے جیل گوئے جو رو تبھی نوہاں تے مچے جانس تب ตะบะชวานนามเชบะเชชินเตบะเชบะลามะบะตะเตอะบะเชซะซุนาอันเตเจลามะบะเตอะบะชานุเวจรวะตาอือฮึตะนาเลนตะลตะซุวะเตเต
here it's saying, so it says, um, know about the Mahayana trainings and have firm conviction in the Mahayana. Um, uh, so there are those who, even without having gained the experiences um, as explained above, know about the Mahayana trainings and have firm conviction in the Mahayana. So uh, this is saying that uh, there are, are those who, like in the, the, we look at what the monks and nuns do, the amount of debate that they engage in. Are they looking at what the benefits of the um, spirit of awakening? What are the causes of the spirit of awakening? What are the results of the spirit of awakening? What is the definition of the spirit of awakening? So they have this incontrovertible understanding of it because of the formal studies that have gone on. So that's just, it's, it's, what, what's meant there is you can gain this firm conviction and understanding by intellectually understanding them as well. So that's the point that's being made here is that you can achieve this, this level of conviction without actually realizing it uh, in the way that's stated. And then it, it goes on uh, to realize it in the way that's stated. So that's why in Tibet we found this uh, um, uh, kind of uh, emphasis on the debate uh, because the Nalanda tradition, the Indian tradition where this, the Tibetan Buddhism came out of, Nagarjuna and all of the Indian pandits, engaged in debate, large amounts of debate. That's what the main focus of Nalanda Monastery was, was the debate aspect and the um, in-depth analysis of the Buddha's pronouncements. Um, so um, this is, Rinpoche is saying, this is the real uh, way to learn, the real way to have a, an understanding of a topic in a thorough way is to debate it and to study it in a way that you know everything about that topic that there is to possibly know. Because once you know everything there is to know about it, there's no mistake that can be made. There's no error. There's no misunderstanding of what you've realized or didn't realize because there's nothing you don't know about that topic. Um, so this is why the emphasis. It isn't uh, for any other reason than it's necessary um, in order to um, have these experiences that are explained above. Um, it's necessary to really um, have a non-mistaken understanding of these things, and this is why Tashi Lumpo and uh, these other places were formed in Tibet and were... Um, modeled after the great Nalanda Monastery um, because that was the way that the pandits found one could actually realize this thing. Oh, drop a Mayimba and Zopadan. It's a cool. So now Dalai Lama has even brought debate into the regular school system and uh, non-monks and uh, uh, regular students uh, are debate. Um, so he's, he's uh, brought this debate style into the um, school system. Because yeah, he sees the um, benefits of the debate, how, much, how beneficial debate is. So... Uh, so then we, they saw the benefit in India, and then it's then these days um, these ideas are being brought back to Tibet 
um, and, and implemented there as well because of the success they found in India. So before there wasn't any kind of learning that you could do, any kind of studies um, in the smaller provinces in Tibet. You would have to go to Lhasa to really the high, to receive kind of a higher education. And now Rinpoche is saying that in Kham and in Amdo, they actually have um, the giant, these large ceremonies of debate uh, where um, the, um, because there were no learning institutes anywhere but Lhasa, that's where they always were held. But now they are held in Amdo and in Kham uh, also. And there's about 60 different monasteries that attend. And they uh, spend uh, the Daochi Gatsi. Okay, so there's, there's no set amount of time. I thought there was a set amount of time, but they get together and they debate uh, Dharma Kirti's uh, Pramanavartika Karika, uh, the commentary on the Compendium of Valid Cognition. So this is a, something that happens yearly at all the monasteries. Um, so now they're able to do this in the province, smaller places, not having to go to, to Lhasa because there's more learning institutes in, in all over that have sprung up. Okay, so we're going to start number five, and I think it's however... Wuna Jang Ditag, however, so then, uh, number five, however, even in order to establish yourself as a proper recipient for these practices, you must first train in many kinds of earlier attitudes. After you have pre um, trained your mind by thinking of the benefits, by practicing the seven branches of worship, and by going for refuge, 
And after you have come to understand the trainings, then you develop the de desire to maintain the spirit of enlightenment. Um, so uh, one has to, uh, in order to be a, a vessel uh, for these, this realization, um, it's necessary to engage in a large amount of study and overview of other things that will kind of inspire you or uh, that will aid in your ability to finally realize the spirit of awakening. So uh, it says, however, in order to establish yourself as a proper recipient for these practices, you must first train in many kinds of earlier attitudes. So previously, there was a large amount of information. Uh, just as a translator's note, the first volume, uh, the earlier attitudes, there's an, the whole entire first volume are all realizations that are necessary to have in order for this to, to occur. So I think everyone, I mean, it's been years that we, we went over what this... Uh, uh, Earlier attitudes, this, this, this little line that says earlier attitudes, we've spent years here, as a translator's note, at the center, learning just what these are, not realizing them, just learning intellectually what these earlier these are. Um, so when, when we read this one line, uh, um, you must first train in many kinds of earlier attitudes, it seems like a small point but that's referring to every realization that we've explained up to this point. Um, uh, so, and it says, after you have trained your mind by thinking of the benefits, so you think of what are the benefits of uh, achieving the mind that aspires to enlightenment? What are the benefits of achieving Buddhahood? What are the benefits uh, um, of, what are the seven branches of worship? Um, and, and, and by what, going for refuge, learning what, it, what refuge objects are and what they mean, this then inspires you to want to learn uh, about bodhicitta and realize it. So these become the necessary uh, earlier attitudes that serve as a foundation for uh, the mind that aspires to enlightenment. And all oh. of these points were, were already taught. The seven branches of worship, refuge, uh, the whole sections on those. <laughs> Okay. 
Bodhicitta and the engaged bodhicitta. And this is where we would state that implicitly the seven-point cause and effect for realizing the mind that aspires to enlightenment uh, is presented. Um, so Rinpoche read number 10, and he said this kind of begins this aspiring, but it's really 11 um, where um, you usually go to to begin the seven-point um, explanation. So. Uh, next, beginning with an attitude of love for all living creatures, consider beings excluding none, suffering in the three bad rebirths, suffering, birth, death, and so forth. Um, so I asked him, and he said, read it, but then said that it really begins at 11. Then, since you want to free these beings from the suffering of pain, from the suffering and the cause of suffering, arouse immutably the resolve to attain enlightenment. Um, so here, that's where the reference um, is made to um, that seven-point cause and effect, um, and then we find all of the benefits and so forth presented uh, here, um, and all of those uh, we find up to stanza number 15. Uh, so stanza number um, uh, 15, actually even... Uh, uh, 16. That Lesso. <laughs> Sanjeev 
Chabandan Chababa, Della Tanamachi was the Logo Doda. So, and then uh, Lord Atisha quotes two um, sutras to show. Uh, the benefits of the mind that aspires to enlightenment from the point of view of Lord Buddha. Um, so in the pronouncements of Lord Buddha in the Kangjur, we find these benefits presented. So um, the so the number 11 I read. So number 12, the qualities of developing such an aspiration are fully explained by Matre and the array of Trunk Sutra. So the qualities of having this aspiring uh, bodhicitta are, are shown in the array of, of Trunk Sutra. Having learned about the infinite benefits of the intention to gain full enlightenment by reading this sutra, the array of Trunk Sutra, or listening to a teacher, arouse it repeatedly to make it steadfast. The sutra requested by Viradatta fully explains the merit therein. At this point, in summary, I will cite just three verses. Um, so then Lord Atisha actually quotes the sutra, and it says, If it possessed physical form... Um, so the mind that aspires to enlightenment categorically falls under consciousness. It doesn't fall under form. As a note, consciousness and form are mutually exclusive. So it, that's why it says if it were to take on a form, because it's not a form, it can't be a form, because what it is is mutually exclusive with form. So it's just an, an example. If it were to become this, something it can't become, but if it did, uh, if it were to become uh, a form, or possessed physical form, the merit of altruistic intention would completely fill the whole of space and exceed even that. So it would overflow, space would overflow um, with the physical form of bodhicitta um, if it took it on because it's so massive. If someone were to fill with jewels as many Buddha fields as there are grains of sand in the Ganges to offer to the protectors of the world. Um, uh, so here... Uh, if someone were to make offerings, um, and Rinpoche said jewels of food, offerings of food and drink, um, and if someone were to make so many offerings that there were as many as there were grains of sand uh, uh, in, in the Ganges, and that there were actually even more than that. If, so if this massive amount of, of material and, and various types of offerings were made uh, to all of, it says, uh, all the, to the protectors of the world, to the protector of the world, so that is all Buddhas. Um, so if this was offered to all these offerings, to all these protectors, it wouldn't be as powerful as just having an inclination to this mind that aspires to enlightenment. So it's showing how powerful and beneficial this mind that aspires to enlightenment and how other realizations pale in comparison to it um, because of its significance um, and importance on the path. Okay. Oh, I thought that I was going to say that I was going to say that I Nyulamati, Nyulamati. The Becha, Ming, Sutri, 
So number two is that you take on the name Bodhisattva uh, when you have this arisal of the mind that aspires to enlightenment. Uh, so you become uh, a Bodhisattva um, at that point. Um, so this is uh, the second when you become a, a, Maya, a Mahayana, so you become a lion amongst practitioners. So this means uh, uh, when you compare to a Hinayana, the hearers and solitary realizers, uh, 
I said, what does this mean? Rimche said, like, a lion can really uh, overthrow any, like, if a dog comes, a lion can overthrow a dog. So you become a lion amongst, uh, uh, amongst others. So, uh, so it says that the bodhisattva is similar to a lion. Um, so for this reason. Okay. Um, so, so there are, I guess there's two categories, um, uh, I don't know the exact words, surpassed and unsurpassed. Uh, are, um, basically it is that uh, they're at the point of the um, seventh, the second part of the seventh bodhisattva level or bodhisattva ground, uh, we have um, a dissimilar realization or dissimilar levels of realization that takes place. Because a Hinayanas, for instance, can have the wisdom realizing emptiness and so forth, but it's at that, those pure grounds from the uh, half of the seventh up uh, that we say that um, there's a dissimilar class. And as a translator's note, that's when the obstructions to omniscience <coughs> are, are negated during those pure grounds. Um, so uh, we, we say that uh, there are um, two different ways that they're uh, um, higher. One is um, from a lineage perspective, um, at the path of accumulation, a bodhisattva gets bodhicitta and then becomes a lion because of lineage, uh, because they uh, have this bodhicitta, uh, and then because of realization. Um, because at that seventh ground, the Hinayanas can't realize um, those other things. So there's two reasons that the Bodhisattva is considered like a lion amongst others. Um, and one is because of the lineage of realization, and the other is the dissimilar class of, of realization. Um, I guess I don't have uh, what I think about here, so just keep going. <laughs> Mosonjan, you know, Lugon, the Sajinana, Rigigon, the Sajinabichap, 
So if you were to compare these two categories, you would say that there are three permutations. Um, I wish I had the right words, so now we're getting deeper into kind of mis making it tough to understand, but these two categories, one that's like the um, lineage and the other that is um, dissimilar class, if you were to compare the two, you would come up with three permutations because if it is the Kangakangi Kap Yanjur Suranang Rinpoche. Okay, so if it's a, if it's a dis oh I see. If it's a dissimilar uh, class, it's necess I get it. It's necessarily a lineage. Um, but if it's a lineage, it's not necessarily a dissimilar class. Posit that which is lineage but not dissimilar class. Uh, bodhisattva on the path of accumulation. The bodhisattva on the path of accumulation is of a the lineage, but not of dissimilar class, because he or she hasn't reached that pure ground. Um, there's something which is both. Uh, I'm not going to translate. Nika yimbi la ronan. Nika yimbi Okay, so uh, we can say that something which is both uh, would be the uh, bodhisattva um, on. The the chapagar got the Nama the Nate something a lot the true song. Gangison of the Nama Nate the last song. The Lu the Sadumbigo. Lu is Lugan Sajin of a Saduba goes with his. The Yingua Lugan Sajin Nana. Rigugan Sajin of the Charles. Child there. Lugan Sajin of Ina. Shantus and by him Chabiaz. Shantus and Julia Chabiaz. What the low mother. Okay, okay, then this cell will do. Okay, so something which is both is a bodhisattva on a pure ground. Bodhisattva who is on one of those pure grounds is a bodhisattva that is of that class of lineage because he or she is a bodhisattva that's a qualifying factor to make him or her of that lineage and he or she is on this pure ground so he or she is of a dissimilar class so this is the common locus and then something which is neither would be a rabbit with horns or something like that Okay, so number four is that it's the best offering 
uh, to the Buddhas and the Bodhisattvas, the um, mind that aspires to enlightenment. And number five is that you will quickly be able to accumulate the two collections of uh, of uh, exalted wisdom and um, merit. Uh, so you'll be able to um, easily be able to achieve those two collections. Drupa? Okay, number six is that your previously accumulated misdeeds will uh, quickly um, be uh, purified, will, will quickly be, um, yeah, purified. So in cases of uh, such negativities or imprints such as the five heinous crimes, um, they're translated as something else to the five incontrovertible actions. But anyway, the five heinous crimes... Uh, negativities with the kind of potency of these uh, really can't be gotten rid of without something as powerful as uh, the mind that aspires to enlightenment and to get rid of them completely. Um, so that's why uh, number six, that these misdeeds, will, previously accumulated misdeeds, will be purified because it's referring to those misdeeds that aren't normally easily just purified. So number seven is whatever your um, in, in own personal wish wishes are, they will be easily achieved. Your own personal wishes will be easily achieved. So. You will know you will not have uh, obstructions uh, and obstacles. Obstructions uh, and obstacles will not be a major problem. Um, so this is the next one. So paths, uh, grounds, and paths uh, will easily uh, be achieved. So uh, the five paths. Uh, and the ten grounds, uh, these will all be easily achieved. And that all forms of happiness and contentment arise from, and that's number 10, arise from this mind that aspires to all forms of happiness and contentment in the higher, and Dindru Dang Yendru, I think he said lower realms, higher and lower realms. Dindru Dang Yendru, Nika? The Dewa, Dindru Dang Yendru, the Jupa, Gongyal Mepachik Nimshi. 
Okay, so all of the happiness and contentment that migrators possess comes from the root of this is the mind that aspires to enlightenment. So this is what's to be understood, but in the future we'll go over it again and understand it more. This has happened to us. So this is a very important part. Um, this this section is a very important part. Uh, so uh, that will um, end class today, um, and we'll do the concluding mandala offering um, and dedication prayer. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Mantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all the roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All powerful Avogateshvara, Tenzin Yatso, may you stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wandaf, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts, with exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Okay. Oh, yeah.